Marshall slides it around the rim. He's got Eichel, top of the left circle, closing in. He shoots, he scores! Jack Eichel, power play goal! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Watt looks up, taps it back, Dodonov in the middle, he shoots, he scores! Jubilation! Vegas in overtime! Watt sets up Dodonov! Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at LBSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Hour number two of the VGK Insider Show rolling along here on a Wednesday. Ryan Wallace, Chris Chapman with you. Two hours of really intriguing hockey talk, but today it's certainly all about the NHL free agency frenzy, the opening of the market, and big trades, all of that happening earlier on today. And it looks like, Chapman, the Carolina Hurricanes have finally announced something. It is a tweet from the official Carolina Hurricanes Twitter account, welcoming Max Patch ready to the Hurricanes with the caption, two period, the period, Max period. So, um, Max Patch ready. Brent Burns, that's the other uh, really big one for, you know, for the uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. But we're going to get to Carolina as the Golden Knights have just announced a three-year contract extension for Riley Smith. Three more years of Riley Smith. The Golden Knights announced that just this moment. Riley Smith re-signs with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Chapman, I'm going to work on the AAV. It, it was reported $5 million. I want to get that right, but your your uh, initial impressions now, it, it's not terribly a surprise, but um, Riley Smith puts pen to paper with the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, um, it, it's interesting because we, we kind of figured that with the news of Pacioretty and once it became official, we had a feeling that this was what was going to be the next domino to fall and and as I mentioned a couple times, I, I had the chance to talk to Riley the other day, and we we talked about him being his own representative. Riley Smith does not have an agent; he he represents himself. And one of the the things we talked about was him knowing what his value was. He didn't tell me obviously what what he thought his value was, but he said one of one of the things about negotiating for yourself is knowing what your value is, knowing where you want to be. And 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 he he made it very well known to me that he wanted to stay here. He mentioned that the charity softball game he hoped was was a message to to everyone involved that he really wanted to be here. He wanted to be a pillar in the community. Um, and and so look, I, I I think the fact that they were able to keep him, I think it's really important. Like I said in the first hour, I I think he's a very valuable player. He he probably doesn't get the credit he deserves maybe league wide because he's, he's a, he's a bit of a quiet guy and, and he just goes about his business. He He's not a guy who's flashy. He's not a guy who, who goes around getting in the fights. He's not a guy who, who hits people hard. He's just a really good hockey player who, who shows up to work every day and does his job. He's never a distraction. I, I really think it's a good move to bring him back. Um, obviously you, you need chemistry He's got chemistry with a lot of guys on this team. He's a guy who's been here since day one. 
He wants to retire here. He made that very clear as well, that he, he doesn't want to retire anywhere else. So I think it's a win for, for both Riley and the Golden Knights. Obviously, the numbers will be important, but it was reported a couple weeks ago it was going to be about $5 million a year. So we'll see if that's what it turns out to be. And uh, look, it, it's it's something the Golden Knights needed to do because if they lost Max Pacioretty and, and Riley Smith after trading Max Pacioretty, it, it would have been a disaster. But my my feeling is they knew Riley was locked up before they made the uh, the deal to trade away Pacioretty. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Riley Smith, it is three years, $5 million AAV for Riley Smith. Uh, we'll get a little bit more in-depth on that one. Uh, the Golden Knights also confirming the the trade of Max Pacioretty and Dylan Coglin to the Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. Brett Howden, one year, $1.5 million AAV on that contract. Uh, Jonas Ronberg, a three-year contract extension worth an AAV of $766,000 a year. Uh, the Golden Knights have also signed forward Sheldon Rempel to a two-year deal worth an AAV of $762,500. And the team has signed forward Byron Froze to a two-year contract worth an average annual value of $762,500 as well. And then we mentioned Michael Hutchinson to a one-year contract worth an AAV of $750,000. So quite a, a few deals there for the Vegas Golden Knights, quite a few uh, transactions on the roster but you know the fact of the matter is you know the Golden Knights freed up some cap space today and it's going to allow them the opportunity the ability to re-sign restricted free agents and Nick Waugh, Keegan Colasar, uh, same thing for Nick Hake. So you know you look at the Golden Knights right now and cap friendly has them at just about 78 uh, million dollars against the salary cap. So uh, you've got about $3.6 million to work with for the Vegas Golden Knights. That's before you take into account the contract of Shea Weber that will go on to LTIR. So there's a bit of overage that you can expect from the Vegas Golden Knights to work with right now. Riley Smith, again, has, has agreed to a three-year three contract $5 million AAV contract. That does not appear right now to be on the books for the Vegas Golden Knights on their cat-friendly page. So that number will change. These things will start to kind of even themselves out. But, you know, for the Golden Knights, it, it was the objective for this offseason. And it was an objective that I felt needed to be addressed. And whether or not you like the fact that it was addressed is really not the, the root of the issue. It had to be. It, it, it had to be. The Golden Knights had to address their cap situation. And it's unpopular, for sure, to trade a player like Max Pacioretty, who is unquestionably the greatest goal scorer that has ever played for the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't think that you can really present a different opinion on that. He is the most talented, individually talented shooter that the Golden Knights have ever had on their team. So it hurts when you feel like you're in a window to contend to move that player for salary cap relief. It's not for nothing. And I think like that's one of the things that bothers me when I see the takes of, oh, you moved Patch Ready for nothing. Well, you moved him for the, for the salary cap space. 
and and I get it. You're not putting anything tangibly there, but the fact is, it isn't necessarily nothing. It's the ability to re-sign Riley Smith, the ability to re-up Brett Howden, the ability to deal with and get your restricted free agent signed. Those things need to happen for the Golden Knights because you're going to go into a season, if you don't do that, where you've got a roster of about 15 players. I don't care how many goals Max Pacioretty scores for you next year. If you're the Golden Knights in that situation, you're not winning many many hockey games if you've got 15 guys under contract because you're up against the cap that way. It was necessary. It had to happen. You have to rip the Band-Aid off. You have to get over it. And the one thing that I'm going to say on this, and I know I mentioned it in hour number one, and I'm going to say it again here in hour number two. For all the fans that have been clamoring for a draft pick to make an impact on this team. There has never been a more clear path for a player with a certain skill set to impress in training camp and make the team. One, because they'd be cheap. Two, because of the skill that's going to be required that you need to replace. If Brendan Brisson can step in, be awesome, and have himself a great rookie camp and lead that into a phenomenal training camp, he should have every opportunity in the world to make the team and be a difference maker. And I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, I spend a lot of time on Twitter, I know that sentiment has been out there. That that is what is needed, that that is what this team has to do, that you need to get younger, you have to find a difference maker on an entry-level contract that can come in and give you the goal scoring and the production that you need in your top six. Well, now the path is clear, it's set. It's up to Brendan Brisson to kind of take that and run with it, but I don't want to see... A lot of the, the, the sentiment of people saying, you need a player to make an impact. You need a draft pick to do something with this organization. Also, get upset about this trade. Because this trade opens an opportunity. And that's the way you're going to have to look at it. If you believe that the Golden Knights need an impact player from one of their draft classes to come in and really do something, this is the spot to do it. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it's, that's where you, that's where you, that's where you come in, Chapman. Yeah, I, I, I hit the button to turn on the mic, and unfortunately, it didn't turn on. So, <laughs> um, look, it's, it, it's, I, I, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, I, I understand everything you're saying, but I think you, you, the big picture here is this team over the course of the last couple seasons has gotten to a point where they've been so far against the cap that they've had to give up when you look at everything in in a nutshell and I and I know it's hard because not every deal is related and and but when you look at what they've given up basically you go back to the trade deadline year 1 you gave up a first a second and a third for Tomas Tatar that didn't work out you then flipped Tatar a second round pick Nick Suzuki who is an all-star to Montreal and got Max Pacioretty then you sign Pacioretty to the seven-year deal, or $7 million a year deal, and now you're at the point where you're in the last year of that deal. At this point, you would have hoped that acquiring him and then Mark Stone later that year would have won a cup. Then it's, it's, it's everything combined, and I think that's the part that's so frustrating for the fans in that you've pretty much done everything you can 
to try to win a Stanley Cup. And whether it's bad luck, whether it's COVID, whether it's a stupid bubble and you run into a hot goalie against a team you probably should beat, whether it's losing to a terrible Canadians team, it's the frustration of all of that. And it's finally come to a head. And I feel like the fans have a have a very real right to be angry because you've traded away prospects, you've traded away Peyton Krebs, you've traded away Nick Suzuki, you've traded away Alex Tuck, you've gotten rid of fan favorites like Nate Schmidt. I get the frustration from the fan base, but to go back to your, your original point, yes, now you have an opportunity for a drafted player to step in and potentially become a full-time player. Look, Nick Hague is is already that guy, right? Like Nick Hague is a full-time NHL player, but he's the only player that you've drafted that is still on your roster who is a full-time NHL player. This is an opportunity for someone, whether it's Brendan Brisson or, or someone we're not even thinking about, to step in and and be a full-time NHL player because there's going to be opportunity there. And now, now you're going to see how how well the front office is drafted over the last few years, because I think we're now at the point where you're going to have to start to bring in young players to try to help this team win games. Yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting for the Vegas Golden Knights coming into training camp. Now, again, you're going to have to at some point expect more out of your draft picks. You're going to expect more out of the younger players on this team. Like, you're going to need more out of Brett Howden, newly re-signed one year, $1.5 million. You're going to need more out of Nick Waugh once he eventually reaches a contract extension as as a restricted free agent. Same thing with Keegan Colasar. Uh, you're going to have to rely on the younger players of this Golden Knights team getting better. And that's not to say that the Golden Knights are necessarily done right now. Of course, you still have to make decisions on your restricted free agents. There's still the question of, will your goaltenders be ready to go at the beginning of the year? Loren Brossois, Robin Leonard, there's there's no real updated timeline on when those two players are going to be available for the Vegas Golden Knights. So there's still opportunity, still time over the course of this offseason for the Golden Knights to continue to address the the things that they need to address. Now, updated figures on cap friendly. Showing Riley Smith's contract extension, showing the contract for Brett Howden on the books. The Golden Knights are just a, a, a hair, $1.3 million over the salary cap. But again, you have to view that with the lens of Shea Weber's million contract going to LTIR. So the Golden Knights, in essence, can, at this very moment, exceed the salary cap by $7.857 million. So they've still got about five and a half, just about uh, $6 million to work with in order to get Nick Waugh and uh, Keegan Colasar and Nick Haig done. So there's flexibility there in the sense that the Golden Knights should be able to sign their restricted free agents and then you you start to get into a situation where you you look to see if there's anything out there you can supplement your roster with in order to be a team that's going to make the playoffs and hopefully contend for a Stanley Cup come next year. Um, do you have anything else? Do you, do you want to put a bow on Pacioretty 
Dylan Coughlin the trade because I, as as much as as much as we look at this from a a pure cap perspective, you know the fact of the matter is Max Pacioretty was kind of the the first guy right that was available for Vegas that wanted to be here. You had the the magic of year number one, but it was really Max Pacioretty allowing that trade, wanting that trade from Montreal here to Vegas that that has kind of set the tone, right, for the Golden Knights going out, getting high-profile players, bringing them in, hoping to win a Stanley Cup. And and that has, has kind of been the deal to me that has signified the Golden Knights over the last four years. Yeah, you know, and it's funny you bring that up because we can go back to the very first time the Montreal Canadiens came to T-Mobile Arena, and and I went into the Canadians' locker room, and I talked to Max, and he just raved about how incredible the the the, the atmosphere was, and you know we knew that there were some issues in Montreal. There was a possibility he was going to be moved in the off season, maybe before that. And right away, my initial thought was, this guy's he wants to play here. Like just talking to him, you could tell he he loved it. He loved the glamour. He loved the lights. He he loved the atmosphere in T-Mobile Arena. And then when he, when the rumors started really swirling that Montreal was going to trade him in that offseason or in that summer, it was like, this is a perfect destination for him. He fills a void. And sure enough, when it happened, you're like, wow. And, and that initial press conference, I remember him showing up and just raving about this city and how cool he thought it was. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I got to talk to his parents a little bit when, when they were in town. I mean, just they, everything about this city, Max loved. You could tell. And, and yeah, I, I think putting a bow on it is, is probably a good idea, but I think that that move signified that this was a franchise committed to winning, not just being an NHL team, not just going through the motions. They wanted to win. They tried everything they could to do so. I, I don't think you could fault the franchise for that. And, you know, Max Pacioretty, I, I, I think you can make the case if he doesn't agree to come to Vegas, I think there's a real... This is a ready alert for a fire in the area of Lazy U east of Kingman AZ. Monitor radio and MCSO Facebook for updates. And you're here with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, do you view it as a success? I, I mean, listen, you, you you score 97 goals, and, and I know that you know, a lot of people are going to point to, well, there were injuries. Certainly, you can't really deny that. But, you know, I, I especially last year with Pacioretty, like I, I look at all those injuries as just bad luck. It wasn't a durability thing. It's just when you get when you block a shot and your bone breaks, there's nothing you can do about that. Yeah, I, I would say overall it was pretty successful. Look, you didn't win a Stanley Cup, and I think ultimately that's what you're judged by. But he was a really good player here. And he was an elite goal scorer for this team. He he was always willing to face the music when things weren't going well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I think he, it's a success. And I think if you look at it any other way, you're, you're probably just overreacting uh, because he was a really good player for this franchise. I think he, he was a guy who, who represented what this team wanted. And, and I think that, that it sucks to see him go, but it's, it's a business move and, and, you move on, but I, I do think overall it was a fairly good success for Pacioretty in his tenure here. 
Yeah, I, I would agree with that. It's it's one of those things. It's an unfortunate situation when it comes to the business side of a, a flat cap. And for the Golden Knights, uh, it, it, it it's always going to sting, right? For a team that is trying to win a Stanley Cup, it's going to sting. There's no two ways about it when you lose a player the caliber of Max Pacioretty, and it has to be in the vein of a salary cap move. You have to move out the contract. You have to find a way to get that money off the books in order to take care of the other necessary bits of business that you have to take care of. There's no way to kind of dance around that here. However, for the Golden Knights, I do think that this is still a team that can do well. I do think that this is a team that going into next year is going to have a lot to prove. And I do think that this is a team that is going to buy into how they need to play, knowing that they might not have 30 goals of max patch ready to pad their their individual win totals. So I, I'm curious, I'm interested to see where things go the rest of the way for the Vegas Golden Knights. But the fact is... You had to make a move. It's best to make the move, set your team now, and understand what you're going into next season with as early as possible. The only way that I think that this is a is is a bad situation for Vegas would have been if they would have waited and waited and waited and waited in order to make the move. Make the break, move ahead, look forward to what you can do next year, and hopefully it'll see the Golden Knights back in a playoff picture. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we've got one-timers, and boy, oh boy, do we have a lot of things to get to from around the NHL. It's the VGK Insider Show right here on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insider Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. News and notes from around the NHL. Boy, do we have a lot of those. Um, all right. Chapman, were you as irritated as I was that Evgeny Malkin did not go to market after all? Yes, yes, because I, I wanted to see some chaos. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. it was it was one of those situations where I think we were we were it it's kind of funny because last year, right, Gabe Landeskoggy, he, he waited until the last minute. To resign mm-hmm. with with Colorado, and mm-hmm. it, it worked out for him. I was hoping that Malkin was going to hit free agency because I think there would have been a, a a really interesting conversation as far as where he landed because I think a lot of teams would have been in the market for a guy like that. Uh, the fact that he did not hit market w- was a bit disappointing. Uh, I think just for the fact that it would have been interesting to see him not play with Sid and not play with the Penguins, but. I'm okay with the fact that he also went back to Pittsburgh because I think now he gets to retire a Penguin. Him and Sid will play their entire career together, and it's kind of a rare thing in sports to see a tandem like that spend their entire careers together. Boo. (laughs) Boo. Boo this man. Boo. 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 I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Number one. Evgeny Malkin, I, listen, I get it. he's 35 years old, still left money on the table here. So, like, congratulations if you're Ron Hextall for, like, not blinking in this situation. 
You put a four-year, $6.1 million deal in front of Evgeny Malkin. It was, over the weekend, insulting, and yet that's what he signed for. $6.1 million AAV for Evgeny Malkin at 35 years old for the next four years. As you mentioned, Chapman, will likely retire as a Pittsburgh Penguin. Here's what's interesting about all this. You've got Malkin, four more years. Crosby is under contract for three more years at $8.7 million. And then, of course, you have Chris Letang, six more years at $6.1 million. So the fact that you were able to get Malkin and Letang for just a hair over $12 million, that's awesome. Then you were able to lock up Ricard Raquel. That's a good thing. Well done. You get Brian Rust taken care of. That's a good thing. The Penguins have certainly locked up their core. The question becomes, does, does Crosby have another deal in him in order to retire at the same time as Chris Letang? And if so, do you think that we're going to be right back here in four years with Evgeny Malkin wanting to stick around the Penguins to just get one more crack at it with his two good buddies. Well, Latang is under contract till 27-28. Uh, Sid's contract retire or expires in 24-25, so it would be a two-year extension. Malkin would then need to, I'm sorry, three-year extension. Malkin would then need to mm-hmm. extend for two years. That would be crazy. Oof. And the thing, the thing, Ryan, is the salary cap is going to go up at some point, right? Like, you have to imagine that, that sure. Pittsburgh will have yeah. the flexibility because you've got a couple contracts coming off the books next year, uh, Zucker being one uh, right off the top of my head, and Brian Dumoulin. So don't know if they'll re-sign either of those guys. But I think it would be cool to see all three of those guys go out together. Um, you know what's funny? Rust and Raquel, their contracts also expire in 27-28. So... It would be pretty awesome to see to see that happen. Should the Penguins aim B to have Crosby, Latang, and Malkin's final season be the same season? Yes, yes. Because I think I think I think I fans think so. no no not 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 a fan of I that. I don't think so. Yeah, I think I don't it think would. So. Well, because you're you're going to have three icons, right? And yeah. like, I don't think Latang is going to be particularly good in his final year. I think that Malkin's probably not going to be good enough to warrant a, another contract extension after this one. Crosby will age like fine wine. Yes. Crosby is going to be the exact same player that he's always been until he decides, "Dad, I'm not doing it anymore." Like whether that means Crosby plays till he's 40 or whether he decides after 3 years that he's done. I don't see that happening, but if he does, like I, Crosby's going to be the only guy that I think is going to age into any contract that he signs. Um, I think the way that they have this staggered, assuming another probably three-year deal, four-year deal for Sidney Crosby, um, it is probably the right way to do this. I don't think it makes any sense to have it to have it be one swan song of a year for all three guys. Yeah, I, I think emotionally it would it would be draining for for everyone involved. I think for the for the Penguins organization, it'd probably be emotionally draining to have the three of those guys all go out at the same year. Uh, but Ryan, at the end of the day, the most important thing to me is that they re-sign Teddy Bluger and have his contract expire with the rest of those guys as well. <sighs> no, Chapman, <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> 
Let's change our attention, or let's move our attention to the Edmonton Oilers for uh, finally, oh finally getting a goalie. Yeah, Jack Campbell, five years, five million dollar AAV for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, this is not so much about the Edmonton Oilers as it is about the Toronto Maple Leafs. Why? Why do you think Toronto? moved on from Jack Campbell. Why were the Maple Leafs shy on going longer-ish term with Jack Campbell? I my my gut is probably age, the fact that he's never proven that he was the guy who could take them to the next level. Uh he was really good the first half of the season. And then the second half of the season he really wasn't that good. So I, I, I think that maybe, there, and you know, you talked about the other day, the comfort level Kyle Dubas has with Matt Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I think they were comfortable moving on for, for a variety of reasons. But I think at the end of the day, I just don't think they trusted him. So it's funny because I I, I watched a lot of draft uh, of free agency coverage today. And there was one point where you're trying to debate with all these teams changing goalies, like which team actually did upgrade, which team it's a lateral move, which team might have downgraded. And I think there's a lot of talk right now that the Toronto Maple Leafs have downgraded their goaltending department. Think about it from this perspective. Two years ago, the tandem in Toronto was Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell. And this year it was Jack Campbell and Peter Mrazek. And, Next season for Toronto, it's going to be Matt Murray and Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov signed today with the Toronto Maple Leafs one year, $1.8 million. So you've got Matt Murray, Ilya Samsonov, as opposed to Jack Campbell and some service of Peter Mrazek. Like, I don't think Toronto's downgraded. And if they have, it's going to be because Matt Murray just cannot recapture anything. However, I don't think you can even make an argument against the fact that the the Edmonton Oilers have upgraded. Jack Campbell's a good goalie. He got there a little bit later in terms of his overall development arc, but he's a really good goalie, and frankly, any combination of any goaltenders that were out there today would have been better than running it back with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen. Yeah, I think it's a win for the Oilers. I mean, for sure. Uh, Mike Smith is a guy who's on the wrong side of 40. It's obviously something we talk about a lot on this show. But I do think Campbell is an upgrade. Um, it, it, it's a good move for Edmonton. They finally, finally have a guy where, as I just get done saying, Toronto didn't trust him. But I think that's a guy that they're going to be able to, to trust. Like it, 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 And the funny thing is he's reunited with a couple former Leafs. Um, so, um, I, I wonder if they welcome him with open arms, but, uh, I, I did see Zach Hyman tweet out that, that he was excited for, for, um, uh, Jack Campbell to, to come to Edmonton. So, uh, but yeah, it's a good move for Edmonton. I, and you know, with Toronto, I Mm -hmm. don't think they downgraded either, unless like you said, Matt Murray is just awful, but I don't really feel like they upgraded either. I feel like no, Edmonton. No, they absolutely did not. Edmonton upgraded big time, and and look, I think right now, when you factor in that they also brought Evander Kane back, I think the Edmonton Oilers are making a statement that hey, you know what, we liked what we experienced last year. We want to take it a step further. The Pacific Division just got really, really tough 
except if you're the Calgary Flames, because I think right now you're looking around saying, oh, this is not good. Yeah, you mentioned Evander Kane, four years, 5.125 million. Um, I mean, listen, I don't really have much to say on Kane outside of if you're if you have the opportunity to play with Connor McDavid or Leon Dreisaitl, why wouldn't you? Uh, the bigger thing to me for the Edmonton Oilers was re-signing Brett Kulak. Four years, $2.75 million. It's a steady defenseman, a guy that you know takes care of his own zone, and that's really the, the thing that you need. If you're the Edmonton Oilers trying to level up again next year, you need some of that on, on your back end. And, and Kulak, to me, is, is the big one outside of Jack Campbell for the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, I, I think, you know, they, they, like I said, they, they've shown that they're now committed to, to going out there and trying to win. The, the window gets smaller and smaller every year when you don't win. And when you have a guy, a, a generational talent like Connor McDavid, you have to strike while the iron is hot. This is a guy who, who obviously came into his own. I mean, he was already maybe the best player in the world, but he took that next step and made made the Oilers a, a, a real threat to to maybe represent the Western Conference in the in the Stanley Cup Final. But you have to keep him happy. You have to be comfortable with the players you surround him with, and. You know, it's it's. I think that's what Edmonton's doing. I think they're committed to going out and trying to win with McDavid and Drysaddle because I think they know this isn't going to be like this forever. So we need to take advantage of it while we can. And Kulak is a guy who who gives them a little more comfort. I think. So my question to you: We put a bow on the Edmonton Oilers because I do agree with you. I think that they are a team that that wants to contend and contend now. Um, putting a bow on the Leafs. Do you feel they are further away from a Stanley Cup today than they were last year or about the same? No, I think they're further away for, for the simple reason that there's a major question mark about Matt Murray. I I think that Jack Campbell made them... Uh, you know, it's it's funny because I, I, I emphasize I didn't think they trusted him. But I think a healthy Jack Campbell is better than an unhealthy Matt Murray. So, mm -hmm. I I would say that you you took a major major gamble if you're Kyle Dubas. I don't think Sam Sonoff is anything great. Like he, there's a reason why it was only a one year deal. So if Matt Murray is is bad, and you have to rely on Sam Sonoff, I definitely think you're you're much much worse than you were last year in the playoffs. And I think the other problem is I think a lot of teams around them have gotten better. Fair point. Uh, let's go. Let's stick with goaltending here. Um, it's kind of a trend. Darcy Kemper agrees to a deal, a contract with the Washington Capitals. Five years, five point two five million dollars AAV for Darcy Kemper. Uh, the Capitals also add backup Charlie Lindgren. Three years, one point one million dollars. So they went from having no goalies to two goalies. A pretty good one. Stanley Cup champion and Darcy Kemper and a, a solid backup in Charlie Lindgren. Yeah, uh, good move for, for Washington. You knew that they were going to be a factor trying to sign a goalie when they moved Vanacek and, and Samsonov. They did not tender. So uh, it's a good move. Darcy Kemper is a guy that we got to see a lot of when he was in Arizona. He's a guy that we got to see a lot of when he was with Colorado. He's a guy we know can play. Um, and, and it's a good move for, for, for him. And the funny thing is, I think he is from... Saskatchewan, which I believe is also where Braden Holtby was from. So 
maybe a little magic with those Saskatchewan goalies for the uh, Washington Capitals. Do you feel like Darcy Kemper doesn't get enough respect? Absolutely. I mean, I felt like he was he was often disrespected because he played on a terrible Coyotes team, and I think he got overlooked because of how good the guys in front of him were in Colorado. But if you look at his numbers, his numbers are phenomenal. He's a really he's he's a very very underrated goalie, and I think this is now an opportunity for him to to maybe show just how good he really is. Tampa Bay did some interesting things today in free agency, but I don't want to talk about anything but the big-time extensions that Julian Brisebois and the Tampa Bay Lightning signed today. There are three. They locked up Anthony Sorelli, Mikhail Sergachev, and Eric Chernak. Sorelli, eight years, $6.25 million. Chernak, eight years, $5.2 million, and this is the one that stands above the rest. Mikhail Sergachev, all 30-some-odd points of him. Eight years, $8.5 million. Um, I I understand that when Julian Breezebois does anything, we herald him for it. I'm okay with Sorelli. Sergachev feels like an overpay, and Chernak's fine for now, but it's going to be a problem. What say you? I I, I really like Sergachev. I, I like his game. I think he's got a little bit of bite to him, and I like that. Um, yeah, it's it's a huge, huge upgrade in, in the pay scale for him. I mean, they're paying him. Let it, let it sink in. When his contract kicks in next year, he will be making more money than Victor Hedman. So, mm-hmm. I I don't know how I feel about that. Should also be noted they they signed Ian Cole, and they they did lose Andre Palat. But yeah, they are about eight million dollars over the salary cap as of right now. This is a team that is going to have to shed salary. So I wonder if they will have a Golden Knights type deal on the table for one of their high salary guys. I don't know who it would be, but. I mean, they're, they're going to have to find a way to, to, to shed that salary because obviously we know, unless they get tricky with it again, we know that, mm-hmm. that it, it's generally not a good thing. However, in their defense, they did win two Stanley Cups. So um, I think if, you, yeah. have to, if yeah. you have to give something away and get nothing in return, at least you got those two Stanley Cups. So the thing for me on Sergachev is that Kale McCarr is going to be making just $500,000 more than Sergachev next season which is ridiculous. Um, oh, my God. The other, th- the, the other thing, you mentioned that they're over the salary cap now, Chapman. The Tampa Bay Lightning, next year, right now, <laughs> this is awesome, have $78 million committed to just 13 players. <laughs> oh, boy. Like, not, not everybody can get an eight-year deal. You won Stanley Cups. No one's taking that away from you. And, and if there's a GM out there that's proven he can get out of a deal, it's Julian Breezebois. Like He's done a phenomenal job. He was able to get out from underneath the Ryan McDonough contract before it turned, its, it turned into an albatross. And believe me, it's, it's going to get there. Um, but, I, like, 
do you do you have to go eight by eight point five for for Sergachev? Really? I don't know no, how. I, I don't think. Yeah, do. I don't know how much of a threat he was. I, I mean, I certainly don't think anyone else was going to sign him to that type mm, of money. Yeah. Uh I mean, look, I'm I'm always for the player getting paid and good for Sergachev to go out there and get that contract. But yikes! I mean. I, I don't look at that guy and think he's worth more money than, say, Shea Theodore. Like, I think Shea, I, I would rather have Shea Theodore than Mikhail Sergachev. And Shea Theodore is not making $8.5 million a year. So, uh, it, it's certainly a, an interesting contract when you consider that they have now paid him elite, elite defenseman money. He's a good yeah. player. He's not elite. Yep. Yeah, it, it'll be an interesting one to see how that works out for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Those are your one-timers, brought to you by Paul Powell. More lawyer, less fee. We're back to wrap it up next on the BGK Insider Show. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. All right, Ryan. Well, one of the things we did not talk about today was a former Golden Knight being traded from the Boston Bruins to the New Jersey Devils, and that would be Eric Halla. And uh, I saw Danny Webster sent out a tweet about how many teams that Halla had played for in the last five years. Uh, since the Golden Knights came into existence and was drafted, or he, he became a member of the Golden Knights, I will include his, his start with the Minnesota Wild, but uh, he has played on an eye-popping, when he plays his, for New Jersey for the first time, it will be his... Seventh team in just a few years. He started with the Wild, went to the Golden Knights, played for the Hurricanes, the Panthers, the Predators, the Bruins, and now the New Jersey Devils. So uh, he's earning the frequent flyer miles, that's for sure. Eric Holla mm-hmm. uh, traded yep. by the by the Boston Bruins for Pavel Zaka. And uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible to think that a guy of, of his skill set, because I still think he, he's a pretty good player, would bounce mm-hmm. around so much and not be able to find a home. But I wish him luck. With the New Jersey Devils, one of, one of my uh, yeah. one of my fan favorite, well, one of my favorite guys to deal with in the media, Eric Holla. Oh, I love dealing with. I loved Eric Holla because he was so so yeah, sarcastic. Liked, it was great. I liked Holla too. I liked Holla too. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's probably a, a, a better spot for him there yeah. in New Jersey, maybe to be a bit more of an impact player. But uh, Eric Holla, it's weird that he just he he hasn't been able to stick in one spot. Yeah, but. There's an opportunity here for him in New Jersey. We've got more to come tomorrow on the VGK Insider Show. We're going to have more reactions from free agency then. Have a great night, everybody.